Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1026 of the Juicebox Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, I'll be speaking with Ellie White. Ellie has something called Wolfram Syndrome. It's an inherited condition that is typically associated with childhood-onset insulin-dependent diabetes and progressive optic atrophy. This is an incredibly rare issue, so please don't think, oh my gosh, my kid has diabetes. Like, what's next? This is incredibly rare. Ellie's going to explain it all to us right now. Uh, the progression of it from type 1 to vision loss, it's really quite an interesting story. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. When you support the Juice Box podcast by clicking on the advertiser's links, you are helping to keep the show free and plentiful. I am certainly not asking you to buy something that you don't want, but if you're going to buy something or use a device from one of the advertisers, getting your purchases set up through my links is incredibly helpful. So if you have the desire or the need, please consider using Juicebox podcast links to make your purchases. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by Cozy Earth. I just wore my Cozy Earth joggers and sweatshirt on an airplane to go to Touch by Type 1 last weekend. I was the most comfortable person in the airport, and I slept like a baby on that plane. Didn't wake up hot nor cold. CozyEarth.com. The joggers are just the beginning, but everything is 40% off with the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. Today's podcast is also sponsored by AG1. I drink AG1 every morning, and you can too. DrinkAG1.com forward slash juice box. Just a little bit of AG1 in cold water, and the next thing you know, your day is off to a great start. My name is Ellie White. I am currently 21, but I'll be 22 next month. And I am the co-founder and director of the Ellie White Foundation for Rare Genetic Disorders, and I have a rare genetic disorder called Wolfram syndrome. We are going to figure all of this out. So first, let me take a look. E-L-L-I-E-W-H-I-T-E, foundation.org, Correct. right? Yes. Okay, cool. All right. So, Ellie, you have Wolfram syndrome? Wolfram syndrome. Yeah, W-O-L-F-R-A-M Wolf, syndrome. Wolfram, like that. Yeah. Okay, and what, yeah. and what the heck is that, and where did you get it? Yes. So it is classified by the FDA as an ultra rare genetic disorder. Um, I was diagnosed with Wolfram syndrome when I was seven. So that would have been 2008, 2009. Okay. And, but I was diagnosed with type one diabetes when I was three and a half. Okay. So type one first. Yes, with type okay. 1 first, okay. which that's what raised a lot of red flags because I don't have any autoimmune disorders that run in my family at all. Mm -hmm. So that raised a lot of red flags. And yeah, later on, we discovered it was Wolfram syndrome. And I am currently um, also 
like blind, legally blind. Okay. Um, I can still see some like light perception and like high contrast, like fit shapes and figures, but no detail and no depth perception. Okay. Um, hold on. And then with, I'm with, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, don't, don't be sorry. There's, is there more to your diagnoses? Diagnoses? Uh oh. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, I was just going to say, because then further, like down the line with Wolfram syndrome, it can also have progressive hearing loss, could be a thing, but luckily I haven't been affected by that yet. Okay. Um, it can have coordination loss, but I also have not been affected by that yet. But I have been a big time dancer, like 13 hours a week, ever since I was two. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, Wolfram syndrome eventually affects the respiratory system, which, you know, controls your breathing. Yeah. And it has brainstem atrophy. Um, so unfortunately, it's a terminal disorder with a, you know, mean life expectancy of 39. Oh, really? That's that's the life expectancy. 30. When do people normally get it? Do they get it at certain ages or is it all over the place? Typically, um, it is found to. So typically it is found that they get juvenile onset diabetes when they are six. Then they develop optic nerve atrophy. So vision loss when they're about 11. Then they get like diabetes insipidus when they are 12. And then they get hearing loss. Typically, I think when they're like early 20s. Okay. And that's also when the coordination can play a role in everything along with other um, neurodegenerative issues like neurological issues. Yeah. And Ellie, does this absolutely happen yeah. to everybody? Do you know what I mean? I like, mean, is the progression, does it, I mean, are there some people who, I mean, is there any, anybody who's lived to an older age or lived without the hearing loss or without the, do you know what I mean? Like, can you have some and not yeah. all? I mean, you typically can somewhat, but then again, it is so rare. Um, I mean, like currently, I, there are only 200 like people in scientific literature right now in the world with this disorder. Really? Like the prevalence is one in 770,000. Oh my gosh. How many people? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm Googling while you're talking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. An estimated prevalence of Wolfram Syndrome type one is one and a half a million people worldwide. Approximately 200 cases have been described in scientific literature. That's insane. My goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you ever won when anything? I was diagnosed. Ellie, have you ever been lucky with anything? Yeah. Does this work the other direction for you? Do you win the lottery a lot or stuff like that? Or this is the only really rare thing that um, happens to you? I mean, yes, it has. I say like it has closed you know, one big door in my life, but has opened so many others. Um, I had the amazing opportunity when I was nine years old, my dance group, we got to perform on America's Got Talent. No kidding. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. My dance group, we actually ended up getting second place in the whole show. Oh, congratulations. What year, um, was, what year was that? Um, season six. America's Got Talent. Oh, no kidding. 
we were a shadow. We were the silhouettes, a shadow dancing group. I'm looking right now. <laughs> uh, you really have been. So you've been dancing your your entire life. Pretty yeah, much. I started dancing when I was two. Okay. Wow. No kidding. Um, oh, you got like Nick yeah. Cannon. That was a while ago. Yes, it was. What was that experience like? How long were you there? Like, um, is it what you see on television or is it, is it different, your experience? Um, I mean, it's somewhat different, but it's pretty, pretty accurate. Okay. Um, but it was so much fun. It was so amazing. And I, I mean, of course it was awesome to like perform, you know, and dance and like be on TV and, you know, be doing this awesome thing. Cause that has always been my favorite show. Yeah. But my biggest thing that I wanted to do with America's Got Talent, because that's about the same time that I started my foundation when I got diagnosed with Wolfram syndrome. Mm -hmm. And my biggest goal was to use that as a national platform to spread awareness about the disorder. Okay. And when I finally got interviewed about Wolfram syndrome, that was the first time it was ever national or ever mentioned on a national platform. No kidding. Con congratulations. Yes. Good for you. That's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. How old were you? Yeah, then? So that's my biggest. Um, I was nine. Well, and actually the finale show was on my 10th birthday. How about that? Well, that's something good for you. And, and <laughs> whose idea was it to go on the show? Was it, how does that all work? Um, yeah. So it was my, my dance groups, you know, we just have like a, my dance group had an interesting idea. We're just like, you know, why not audition to this, like for this? Mm -hmm. So we ended up doing a first audition in Minneapolis. And then, you know, America voted and we went through to the next round, which was in Las Vegas. And then everyone voted and we moved on. And then the next several shows were in Hollywood. And then, really fun. yeah, we just were in Hollywood for like, I mean, yeah, were you there, we were you there, there for weeks? Several or? times, but we were there for about a month. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you travel back and forth? Or did you just stay there? Um. So for the last few rounds of the show, we're like a week apart of each other, so we just stayed there. Mm -hmm. But then when it what, did have like a two or three month break, we traveled back. No kidding. That's interesting. I was once uh, in the audience of America's Got Talent. That's all. <laughs> oh, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. It was a fun afternoon. Yeah. Uh, was, <laughs> yeah. I, did it, I did it when it was in New York. It was it was a good time. Wow. That's that's oh, really cool. crazy. So are you still in that dance group now? Um, I am not like actively part of the team, but I do go back for like when they have alumni visits and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Wow. All right. Um, but I do dance just with a dance studio that's closer to my house because yeah. we moved more into like Denver. So let me try to like, go back and pick through some of the things you've said and make sense of it for me. Yeah. The, Definitely. Yeah. So the type one and the Wolfram, it's not like you got type one and it caused Wolfram. It's that people who have Wolfram develop type one. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Because okay. Wolfram syndrome is a genetic disorder. So you are technically born with it. 
Okay. It's, you know, in your genes. And it. Um, and then the diabetes comes along because it, but it's a non um, autoimmune like diabetes. Okay. So it's like not exactly type one diabetes, but like pretty much. I'm going to read uh, Wolfram disorder is an autosomal recessive disorder characterized by diabetes insipidus, childhood onset diabetes mellitus, a gradual loss of vision caused by optic atrophy, deafness, and neurological signs. That all sounds like like what you got happening, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. So you're, do you say three years old when the diabetes came? Yes, I was three and a half when I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So then I was was on a camping trip with my family Mm -hmm. and we had just finished s'mores. And I just remember hearing stories of like, you know, that night I was just drinking so much water, you know, wetting the sleeping bag. And, you know, my parents were like, okay, this is not normal. Yeah. but, But for a couple of years, they just treat you like a type 1, I imagine. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's all we thought it was until I was seven and I became colorblind. Like I used to be able to see colors normally. Okay. And like now, for instance, a white piece of paper to me is pink, but I know what it should be. And I know what pink is. It's just, you know, not white like it should be. And then when I, my vision started decreasing when I was eight and it's through optic nerve atrophy, yeah. which is not, you know, typical diabetes vision loss. And my the vision was not correctable, like with the prescription glasses or anything. Mm-hmm. So that also raised some red flags because they're like, what is this? Like, what could be causing this? So when your color perception first starts to go... Do you remember the conversation? Like, what were people thinking was happening? Um, we didn't know what to think was happening. But yes, I will never forget sitting in my neuro-ophthalmologist's doctor's office. And just for, you know, a normal eye exam. And he gave me the booklet, you know, that has like all the colored dots. And you're supposed to find the number or follow mm-hmm. the line, stuff like that. And I was looking at the booklet. I'm like, you guys are crazy. There's nothing here. And my brother, who is two years younger than me, was looking at it. He's like, Ellie, what do you mean? There's obviously a 27. Like in this one, there's obviously an eight. Can't you see it? I'm like, you, you're crazy. There's nothing there. Hmm. And so that raised some red flags. Yeah. And then my doctor was like, he's heard of this one disorder, Wolfram syndrome. He's like, I knew of one patient once who had it, but passed away. He's like, don't, don't go home and research it. You know, it's terrible. It's probably not that. He's like, but just in case, let's, you know, do the genetic testing. And wow, they got that. Did it, and sure enough, that's what it was. They got that from an eye exam. That's a yeah from my neuro ophthalmologist. It's impressive. From the doctor, honestly. Yeah. Um, so Definitely. Yeah. So they couldn't, so from age like seven or eight, you've had diminished eyesight that you couldn't correct with glasses. 
Correct. Yeah. Okay. So at seven and eight, at like eight years old, it started get, getting bad, but it like wasn't that bad, like not terribly noticeable, but yeah, it wasn't correctable. Okay. And then it slowly just degenerated from there and it didn't get like significant until I was probably like, I don't know, I'd say 14 because I had was like a, I guess at the time, a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then we're like, you know, then it got pretty significant. And once that happens around 14 years old, what's your level of vision at that point? Um, at that point, I'd say I, I mean, I'm trying to remember, like, I, I mean, similar to what it is now, just not quite as bad as what it is now. Okay. So, like, it was still the high color contrast, like, shapes and figures, mm-hmm. but it was a little bit more detailed, like, not exactly. Okay. And then... And so... And since it's like optic nerve atrophy, it's like a processing kind of issue. So like if I look at the E on the eye chart, it might be an E at first, and then I look at it longer, and I see an L. And then I look at it longer, and then I see an F. Mm-hmm. And I look at it longer, and I see an I, you know, something like that, where like I can't exactly understand what I'm looking at. Okay. All right, so I have a couple of questions. Um, I guess my first one, I'm sorry, this is kind of like like I'm going to be like direct. Um, How, how, yeah, yeah. at what age did someone say to you or did you recognize I'm going to have a shortened lifespan likely? Um, So it was actually right before America's Got Talent when I was nine, when I was told about this whole diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And but my mom made sure to not make it be like an awkward, like, you know, sit on the edge of the bed. Now listen to me closely, you know, kind of a thing. We just wanted, cause she didn't want it to like be a heartbreaker. I mm-hmm. think that's why I have such an awesome, you know, perspective of it all right now. Cause she just like kind of mentioned it to me in the car on the way to dance class, you know, and I, heard about it and I heard that it was a terminal disorder and that I wouldn't live as long as a normal person but it didn't impact me like how I feel like it should if you will because I then just like almost immediately just turned around and like put my foot down and I'm like I'm not going down without a fight I'm gonna kick this and I'm gonna win AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrition to support whole body health. I drink AG1 in the morning in some cold water. It is the first couple of moments of my day, and it really helps to get things going in the right direction. Drink AG1.com forward slash juice box. Through a science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients, AG1 delivers support for your brain, gut, and immune system. When you use my link for your first order, drinkag1.com forward slash juice box, you'll also receive a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with that first order. That's at my link, drinkag1.com forward slash juice box.
When you get your AG1, we'll be sharing a morning ritual together. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. That's, of course, at my link, drinkag1.com forward slash juice box. So there I was on my flight to Orlando. Just the other day, I was wearing my Cozy Earth hoodie and my Cozy Earth joggers, right? Now, why is this important? Because the lady next to me, she didn't have on Cozy Earth. I could tell because she was wrapped in a blanket. She's freezing cold. And the guy behind me was blowing the air from the ceiling down on him like crazy trying to stay cool. Me, I was just existing. Not too hot, not too cold. Just coasting along at, I don't know, however many thousand feet up in the air we were, as comfortable as a baby in a basket. Now, Cozy Earth has an offer for you as a Juicebox podcast listener. It's a pretty big one. They say go to CozyEarth.com. Put whatever you want in your cart. And then apply the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout, and you will save 40% off of your entire order. It's 40% off with the offer code JUICEBOX at CozyEarth.com. Now, sure, I was comfortable on the plane. Not too hot, not too cold, but also, I looked fly as a m- You hear what I'm saying? I look good. Silky smooth, baby. I was popping. Had my black ones on with my white sneakers, and I looked good. What am I just saying to you? I looked good. Now, is it possible I like an old man and great joggers? Who knows? Let's not, you know, let's not split hairs. Let's just say this stuff is really, uh, it's quality. And you can tell just by looking at it, but definitely by wearing it. Same goes for their towels and their bed sheets and all the other great stuff that Cozy Earth has to offer. Check them out at CozyEarth.com. And don't forget the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% off of your entire order. And yeah, that's when I had the crazy nine-year-old idea to start a foundation. Yeah. How do you start all that? Like, how do you, like, what does it do day to day? I mean, I'm assuming you're raising money and, and awareness and things like that, but how much of like, do you have like contact with it? Like, what do you do for it? The whole thing? Yeah. Well, so when, when I, we were in the process of getting it started to be a 501c3, um, I got in contact with the senator of Colorado, Senator Bennett, and actually became pretty good friends with him. And he invited me one summer to speak at the U.S. Capitol in a standing room only in his office Mm -hmm. with all of the, you know, his, all the people that work with him. And I spoke to them about the importance of medical research and you know, my idea of starting 501c3 and why it should be approved. And three weeks later, we got the you know, notice in the mail that I'm a 501c3. Hmm. And do you have like events? Do and, you just yeah. you raise money? If you raise money, who do you yeah. give it to? Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I have events. Um, like I have an event coming up that I'm currently planning for a fundraiser. I do like a 5k walk for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, cause ever since I was little, I did like the walks with JDRF and the children's diabetes foundation and everything. And I would raise money. So now I do that for my foundation and I just ask, you know, instead of birthday gifts for donations, 
And I am so lucky that I get to say 100% of the profit that like all the donations that I get at the event, 100% of it gets donated to Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri. That's where they're doing the lab. Um, Fumahiko Urano. He's like the one of the main like researchers on Wolfram syndrome. And I donate my money to him. And I mean, I am so fortunate to say that, you know, he's, and yeah, he's my doctor and a researcher and all that, but he's really like a really good friend now. Oh, that's wonderful. And yeah, well, and the research he's done is just over the moon spectacular. Um, I want to say it was like six years ago. He discovered a drug and did like the, you know, mouse and rat models and tested it, you know, tested the drug on them. And then finally got it FDA approved to be moved to human trials. Mm-hmm. And with that drug trial, um, the first ever trial for Wolfram syndrome in the world, I got to be patient 001 on it. What were they, um, what were that, they looking into with that drug? What were they hoping, <laughs> what were they hoping it was going to do? They were hoping it was going to slow down the progression, okay. which it did. It didn't do it like as significantly as we were hoping that mm-hmm. it would, but you know, something is better than nothing. And then, you know, after that, or since that, um, my mom, I mean, so my mom is a, um, a biologist. She's a, a molecular, cellular, cellular and developmental biologist. So I'm so fortunate that, you know, this is kind of in her, like, you know, interest in everything. Yeah. She, through her just, you know, researching and trying to figure out what to do about Wolfram syndrome, she found this drug in this company that was using this drug in ALS which is a neurodegenerative disorder similar-ish to Wolfram syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so she brought this, you know, idea to this researcher. And she's like, hey, you might want to look into this. And so he was looking into it and, you know, did it in the mice and the rats and studied it very closely. And he actually got it very recently, just this April got it FDA approved to start in human trials. And I had the amazing opportunity at the end of April to be patient 001 on that trial as well. Wow, no kidding. And what are they so, doing? And I'm currently You're you're in the trial right and I'm now. I'm currently 4 months Yes, I'm 4 months in, 4 months out of 6 months into the trial. Right. And no negative side effects and it has actually increased my endogenous insulin production so it's you know really yeah what's the trial called what's the trial called um it's called the amx 0035 wow wolfram syndrome and it's yeah and that medication is trying to do what for you um, that this medication, I mean, so obviously it's like increasing the endogenous insulin production, 
which I mean, still is like my C peptide and like beta cell levels is still way under normal, mm-hmm. but it is increased, which shows that my body at least has the ability to create more beta cells. Okay. Yeah, because which this is, is not huge. yeah because this is not an autoimmune issue for you. So your pancreas didn't Correct. didn't get you know. Uh, abused the way somebody else's with type one might. How do you manage your diabetes? What exactly. do you What do you use? Um, so I usually use a the tandem insulin pump. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am recently just this month am taking a little break from that and doing it just MDI. Okay. Because I just yeah you know it's all. Tr- and error with the endogenous insulin production because it's not always the same amount so it's not exactly calculatable you know does it change ellie does it i'm sorry does it change like day to day or week to week or how often do you see it shift it really shifts day to day i mean even more like i mean honestly even like hour to hour based on like my mood because I've noticed, like, if I'm really happy and excited, I tend to, like, go low at random times. Okay. Um, or if I'm, like, angry or upset, I would have a much more Jurassic, like, spike in my blood sugar. <laughs> Jurassic spike? And... <laughs> I never heard yeah. anybody say that before. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> so... Oh, yeah. Like, a dr- I mean, but I'm talking, like, I'll be, like, flat at 100, and then I would have, like... You know, I'd give myself, like, let's say the normal, like, five units of insulin for a small piece of bread or something like that, or Mm -hmm. a sandwich, where I would expect my sugars to maybe go up to 120. But if I'm irritated or, like, having a, you know, a day with higher stress, it will seriously spike me to, like, 300. But then it's a very temporary spike. And then I drop back down to like where I was without giving myself very much insulin. Oh, do do, do you think your body is helping with it, with the blood sugar? Or no? I, I do. I do. And that's why like my A1C is, you know, typically like in the lower sevens. Um. But that's why I think I can't really get my A1C much lower because I can't calculate and I can't properly estimate like what my body is going to do, like how much insulin or how much help my body is going to put into this. Yeah, it's almost like you're in a constant honeymoon situation that people with an autoimmune type one uh, diagnosis would would have where may, where they get like a little more production and then less and more, and, and then it kind of fizzles out in the beginning. But it just keeps happening for you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, that sucks. I'm sorry. Because that's that's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, you're in, you you have a good attitude, but like it's still like it makes it a little <laughs> less knowable, I guess. It, exactly. It makes yeah. it a constant trial and error, like you know, do, experiment. Do, do you wear a CGM? I do. Um, I am currently on the Dexcom G6. Okay. And will you keep wearing that even though you're not going to pump for a while? Definitely. The Dexcom is just such a lifesaver. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you see a lot of lows or are they more highs that you got? Mm, they're more highs, but then I can occasionally have the like unexpected low. And it really also really depends on like what my day looks like, you know, as far as like activity or exercise or anything. Mm-hmm. Cause even that sometimes I would need to like when I was on a pump, sometimes I would need to put in a temporary basal to like, you know, make sure it's not too much of the, you know, exercise to go low. And other times I don't need to put in a temporary basal. Yeah. And yeah. Do you, um, when you stop and think about your, your health, if somebody were to come up to you and say, I don't know, Hey, Hey Ellie, what's, uh, what, what do you got going on? Would you say I have type one diabetes? Would you say I have Wolfram? Like what jumps to the top of your mind when somebody asks you that question? Um, I would say I have a rare disorder called Wolfram syndrome. And then that, of course, would bring up the question, like, what is that? I've never heard of that. And then I would say it's just a rare, like, unfortunate form of type 1 diabetes with additional symptoms. Okay. And then do you explain that usually? the Like, how, how the whole process happened? Like, do you find yourself compelled to say, I don't have autoimmune type 1, I have type 1 as a result of Wolfram? Even though, even though we saw the type one first, it's the pro- that's how Wolfram progresses. Like, do you go through all that, or you just do you not care what they think about the diabetes? Yeah, I mean, I usually don't, but if they're like, it really depends on their interest. Like, if they seem interested in it, and if they ask, then I'm you know more than happy to share. Like, I'm an open book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I don't typically just jump to that. Okay. Um, do you know any other but people? But it is really cool oh, go, go, because I'm sorry. I am, oh, sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was, oh, I was just going to say, it's really cool because I am greatly passionate about public speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, travel with my foundation and I speak at all of my events and I even do like, you know, any awareness spreading I can. Um, in fact, this October, I actually am giving a presentation about my disorder at Princeton University. Really? That's, yeah. That's up the street from my house. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like uh, 10 minutes from my house. Oh. Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, you're uh, more than welcome to. <laughs> like. when, when is it? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure my presentation date is October 13th. Oh, no kidding. Oh, that's crazy. And so you're flying out here to talk. Who will you be giving this presentation to? Um, So I'll be doing it with and to a company called the um, Independent Science. They are a group of blind individuals trying to make the STEM field more accessible. Mm-hmm. And then people from Princeton, like I actually gave a presentation um, at Princeton, like with the same group last year. And I had even some like genetic professors come up to me and like genetic students come up to me and ask questions about Wolfram syndrome. And so it's just a, like an open kind of presentation. Yeah. Like it's a big conversation. Let people 
kind of open their minds up and think about things. That's a good idea. Wow. Exactly. Uh, and you're in like Colorado, right? Yes, I'm in Colorado. Oh. Um, well, sounds like a nice trip. How long will you stay? Just fly in and fly out or will you hang out for a little bit? Um, yeah, it would pretty much just be like, I mean, I'll probably fly in like the 12th and leave the uh, the 15th probably because oh. I, I am in school. Oh. I have school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So you're leading me into my next question by by mentioning school. I And I, again, you have an amazing uh, perspective and you've got a great attitude and everything. So I'm not expecting you to be all like a woe is me person. But still, the question remains. If you think that reasonably speaking, you might have 20 years left and you're and your vision is diminishing. How do you think about the time you spend? Like your goals and the things you want to do every day. Like like how do you decide like this is a thing I should put this valuable time into? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I am huge about just living life to the fullest while you can. Mm -hmm. Um I don't let anything slow me down i mean for instance this time last year and i'm hoping to do it again at the beginning of october this year i went skydiving and it was you know one of the most incredible things i've ever done and it was just like one of those things that i'd always wanted to do but never had like the guts to actually do and i finally sat down with a friend actually from new york who also has wolfram syndrome and we just sat down and we're like, you know, let's do it. Oh, cool. Like for real. Out but out of an airplane outside. Is it like crazy and, exhilarating? Is it scary? How did you find it when you were looking out the door of the plane? Oh, it was just the most incredible thing I have ever. I mean, it scares me how much it didn't scare me. <laughs> I got the whole fall, everything was on video. And you can just see I had a smile ear to ear the entire fall. Yeah. And I'll never forget standing at the door of the airplane wide open with the, you know, the tandem instructor strapped to my back. And he goes, Ellie, are you ready? And I'm like, let's do this. He goes, three, two, one, go. And we just fall out of the plane. Hmm. And that was like the most amazing moment. What like, do you what do, you, what do you think you liked about it? Is it the freedom? Is it letting go? Do you have any thoughts about why it was valuable for you? It was just like letting go and like a confidence boost. Because like as I was free falling, the th only thing going through my head was nothing stands in my way. I can do anything. Yeah, well, that's really And cool. I strongly believe that in every single thing I always do is just do it with confidence mm -hmm. and that don't let anything stand in your way. Live life to the fullest. Well, that's really wonderful. Look at you. You're doing great stuff. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And so what are you in school? What are you in school for? Yeah. So I am currently getting my bachelor's in social work. And I'm hoping eventually to get my master's in social work with a minor in music. It's crazy. Can you, how do you read? Um, do you do 
text to voice? Do you know Braille? How do you handle that? Um, so I typically use a screen reader on like my phone and my laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know, like I do know Braille, but I can only read it at like you know like a first grade reading level. Mm-hmm. So I'm a really slow reader. Um, but I can if I need to. But the the screen reading is really helpful, I would imagine. Uh, definitely, yeah. Because yeah, otherwise, I would need. I mean, because before I knew how to use those tools, like when I was in high school, I didn't know how to use those tools. Okay. So I would have my amazing, amazing mom and wonderful brother help, like, read my textbooks and read my assignments to me. Oh, wow. Well, that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, <laughs> it's very, very nice. I, yeah. No one wants to do their own homework. Now they're helping you with yours. That is, I actually, I find that really kind. <laughs> I, I guess that's because I've helped that children. Is... Yeah, yeah. I've, I've helped my kids with their homework. It's not a lot of fun. So uh, that's crazy. <laughs> Well, Definitely. that's really, I mean, I, I mean, Ali, I'm sure you hear this from people all the time, but that's an astounding perspective and, and, and a way to attack this, you know, cause it would be easy to just sit around, but I would imagine it would also be boring. And, you know, I, I, I applaud what you're doing, getting your education like that. Do you like have goals with the education? What, what would you like to do with it? Yeah. Well, so down the road, I am hoping to go into a, a like field kind of of like music therapy because mm-hmm. it's just my biggest life goal, just in general. If it's in the medical field or if it's just in social life, wherever it is, I want to help people and I want to show them that they are worth something. Their life is more than what they think it is, yeah. and I just want to help anyone understand the importance of life and how to live it. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess when you, when somebody gives you a number, like any number, I would even imagine, like this is when we are charting you to live till like it, I guess it could do two things to you. It could make you feel the way you just explained, or it could make you feel like you're on a countdown timer. And I would think the countdown timer is not a great way to live. So like, this idea of just live life to the fullest and take risks, do things that make you excited. I mean, that, that to me seems like the way to go. But I'm, I also assume that it's easier said than done. Like, I'm sure there are a lot of people who have that thought and can't get to it. So how how were you able to do that? Like, I mean, obviously, I'm assuming support from your family. But like, where do you think the mindset comes from? Yeah, I mean, absolutely support from my family. because. I just, I mean, I know I'm a busy bee. I'm a go, 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 always doing something and always doing something crazy. Like I call my mom and say, hey, mom, I'm going to be staying up in the mountains with some friends going whitewater rafting this weekend. She's like, uh, okay, have fun. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I just, the support my family gives me is just really heartwarming. Yeah. And then it's from that makes me look in the mirror and I see like, I practically see me standing there, of course, but then like visualize my family standing right behind me with like thumbs up or hearts or something. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, you can do this. 
they're like my cheerleaders and they really show me that I can do stuff. Wow. Is there anyone else in your family living with a medical issue or no? Absolutely no. Wow. No, my mom's fine. So like, so since it's an autosomal recessive disorder, like my mom has one gene, my dad has one gene in this, or sorry, one mutation, like genetic mutation yeah. in this gene. And with just one, and my brothers also both have just one. And with one, they're completely fine. They're carriers of Wolfram syndrome, but they're silent carriers. So they're not affected by it. That's something. But then me, I ended up with, you know, your body has things on the order of like four to six billion base pairs of DNA. And I ended up with two incorrect pairs. And that's giving me that's yes. know, Wolfram syndrome. Yeah, wow. Something that almost doesn't happen to anybody, like statistically. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, how many people do you yeah. know, like, that actually have this? You mentioned a friend, but how many other people do you know? So I have a friend in New York. I have a friend in a couple friends in St. Louis, Missouri. I have uh, a few friends now in Colorado. Mm-hmm. When I was diagnosed, I was the only one known of it in Colorado. But now I think there's like five that I've that I've met. Um. So I have, and I guess I have some friends in um live in jordan have it you know so like some kind of spread around the globe everywhere yeah yeah spread around the globe but you know it is just like a bigger handful mm-hmm. wow um i i don't want to like monopolize your time so is there um things that you should like that i don't know to ask you about that we should be talking about like this is a little outside of my 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 knowledge base so anything i'm not asking you that we should be going over um i mean i don't exactly think so um i mean i'm again i'm an open book so if you have any any questions don't don't worry about my time at all okay well then i answered any questions you have then i got more uh do you date absolutely um i I mean, I do. Mm-hmm. I haven't been like much of a date or anything, but yes, I do currently have a boyfriend. Okay. Oh, okay. And so that's not a, um, like I'm trying to imagine, you know, at your age, I, I don't think people are thinking like, mm-hmm. I don't know what people are thinking when they're 21. And by the way, happy birthday. Cause I know you're going to be 22 <laughs> soon, but like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, no, of course. But I just wasn't sure how, like with your vision and your prognosis i wasn't sure how that goes do you know what i mean like like is that something yeah no i can definitely see it being a hurdle for some people um or something like that and this this man he actually i met him at um a like blind center that i went to like learned i mean pretty much learned how to be a proper blind person Learned how to use a cane. I learned how to read Braille. I learned how to use the screen reader. Mm-hmm. And I I met this this gentleman. So, Very nice. Yeah, so how- he's also visually impaired for a different different reason, of course. But yeah. So when you're visually impaired, like 
like if like if I asked a twenty a twenty two year old person, another twenty two year old person, like what are you into? They might say things to me like, I love this kind of music, or I like Marvel movies, or I like to go to this, but like what are the things you like to do? I say I like I like to do crazy things. Like I love to dance even still to this day. I'm a big dancer. I like to scuba dive. I love scuba diving. Mm -hmm. I like to whitewater raft. I like to hike. I like to spend time outside. And I like to inspire other people. Yeah. I guess you're not scrolling Instagram. No. No. <laughs> what is Instagram, by the way, no. when, you, when you're using a screen reader, like what does an, an app, like a social media app sound like? most part like it reads me the text that it, that's like showing mm -hmm. and then if there's a picture it would say image maybe two people you know hugging each other or you know oh it does do it that it would try it, to like it, it describe tries to do that. it doesn't For say the most part sometimes oh, yeah i mean sometimes it it depends if like that like website or app is made accessibly. I see. Because sometimes I might just scroll through and it would just say image and yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't but make... But then other times it would say image and try to describe it. It doesn't make judgments. It doesn't go, here's another person trying to be an Instagram influencer. Stuff like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What kind of... Is music, is music a big part of your life? It... I mean... Is like I, I mean, so I mentioned that like I'm going to school or like hoping to be going to school for like a minor in music, right? And I am a big time piano player. Okay, like I love playing the piano. I love listening to the piano. It's just such a good way to like just meditate and think about yourself, think about how you're doing. You know, think about how your day was and like release your stress. And it just, it puts me, I mean, literally in a completely different world. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I have, I have a 12 year old brother who he might be playing with his friends, you know, yelling and screaming all over the house, being a goofy, you know, goofy 12 year old. And I just go in the room that has the piano and I just sit down at the piano and start playing. And it just seems like the, world around me just like gets blocked out and i'm at the piano enjoying myself ellie, ellie if i'm wrong about this you'll you'll correct me okay please but i'm starting to feel okay. like after talking to you for a while and like listening to you know kind of how you think about a lot of things the the one thing that keeps striking yeah. me is that you don't wait for the world to interact with you and i i'm sure that's something to do with with your visual deficit but at the same time like you're, you do things that you are intersecting with, that you're going and finding, almost like you're attacking it or putting yourself into it, into nature, into jumping, into the, the, the rafting. Like instead of where other people your age might be waiting for a movie to, you know, a thing or Netflix to, to impact them and give them something to do or to scroll through Instagram to give them something to do. Like you're not waiting for something to come to you because the world is so like visual right now, digital, right? Like, so all those things, mm -hmm. they don't, they don't matter to you. 
so you, you have to go find the things yeah. about the world that are tactile that you can really actually intersect with. Am I right about that? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's not exactly because like, oh, I can't like do social media or anything like that. It's just, it's more, I feel that there's so many more important things in life and experiences that need to be done mm-hmm. that I just, I know they're not just going to come to me if I sit on the couch. Like, I'm not just going to have, you know, a friend walk up to me and say, hey, you want to go rafting today? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And I, yeah, I know that if I don't put myself in these opportunities and at least don't show an effort towards doing something, that these opportunities are going to come. Yeah. They don't, life doesn't just get handed to you how you want it. You have to carve your own pathway in the world and live life. That's pretty great. Uh, Good for you. I'm just trying to like, you know, I'm doing my best to put myself in your position, which is not possible. You know, I'm just trying to listen to what you're saying and, and try to imagine how it would make me feel. I keep having this overwhelming sense that time would, I wouldn't want to waste any time, you know, like that, that, that would strike me, but I don't know, like, you know, I'm sure you have normal days like everybody else where you're like, I'm just going to sit here and listen to the rain. But, um, but still, it's just kind of how it feels. Um, what? Oh, I had another question. I had asked about the dating. Do you cook for yourself? And do you live? Where, yes, where, I do. Where do you live too? Um, I currently live with my mom and my two younger brothers um, at home. Mm-hmm. But I do plan in the future, like once I get you know school a bit more under my belt and everything, to like live on my own. And yes, I love cooking. I you know. Love just seeing what I can make and what I can do with food. Yeah. How do you count carbs when you're like, is it like, I mean, can you read a package? No, right. So, like, for carbs on a package are difficult. Um, What about like estimating sizes of things? How do you handle all that? Yeah. So, I mean, as far as like, let's say measuring for cooking food, like measuring the flour to make bread or whatever, mm-hmm. I luckily have enough like cooking experience to know that like the one cup is the largest in the, you know, measuring cup set. And like, you know, the quarter cup is the smallest one and it goes up from there and stuff like that. And then if it's a very like general product, let's say like I'm making a box of mac and cheese or something. Mm -hmm. Then I would kind of, if I want to get an exact carb count, then I would like look it up online and just say, okay, I'm making, let's just say craft American like mac and cheese. Then I would look it up online and look up the nutrition facts and figure out how many carbs it is. Okay. But then I feel with having diabetes now for 18 years, I feel like I have a pretty good sense of like what, stuff what has. has how many carbs and like what I should dose for it. Yeah. What are your what are your goals for your diabetes? Like where are you trying to keep your range and and where do you like your A1C, that kind of stuff? I mean, so currently like my Dexcom range is in between 
70 and 160. Mm -hmm. Of course, I would prefer it to be, you know, lower. But again, with my weird endogenous insulin, it's really challenging to keep it as constant as I want it to be. Yeah. Um, and like, I would hope like my A1C currently is 7.4. I would definitely hope for it to be like, you know, more down in the sixes or something. Mm -hmm. But me and my endocrinologist were like, you know, it is 7.4. It could, could be worse. So we just, you know, try to bring it down, but we don't do anything too like too Jurassic. Like, okay, let's for next visit, let's shoot for a. 6.2 or anything yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, you try to make like little adjustments that that help you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um do you have thoughts about having children? I I do. I really want to be a mom. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, there's the thought that I just need to like make sure that I like you know, with the ugh, person that I end up, you know, end up marrying in the long, in the long run mm -hmm. and want to have children with, I need to figure out how I'm going to make sure that they're not a carrier of Wolfram syndrome. Yeah. You're going to make sure you know. they're going to send them to a test is what you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be like, right. yeah, go get exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That, that makes, I mean, right. Cause it's like just in case it's the first thing that popped into my head. Elio. I was like, yeah, first you're going to have to test them for that gene and you know, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Listen, if you met, can you imagine if you met a person and you were like, this is the person I'm going to marry and have kids with, and they have this too, that would be just, I don't even know how to like calculate the odds of that. That would be terribly unlikely, you know, but still, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I think checking still important, but that would, I'll tell you what, if that happens, please call me. Cause I'm going to be like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> so, like, um, are you um? Do you have any like like a bad streak in you? Like, do you break the rules? Do you ever think about robbing a bank? Like, if I thought I might only live till I was forty, I might try robbing a bank or something. You know what I mean? Like, like what do you like? What are your things where you're like, you know what I'm gonna do? Yeah, no, I don't. No. I don't have a bad or like a feisty streak or anything. I just, I don't know. I, I just think because like with that. I just think there's so many better things that could be done. And I just prefer doing things that make other people happy is what makes me happy. Okay. No, you're you know, a really like, nice I don't person. Care about like let's say robbing a bank to get me more money so I'm happy. Oh, I don't even I need the money. I just want I just want the fun, Ellie. Like I just want you I want you roll it in there. You know what I mean? Like just can you imagine? Like, think about it for a second. Honestly, <laughs> right. But it's like, honestly, instead of, yeah, doing something like that, it's just, yeah, like the feisty fun of anything. Jump out of a plane. I honestly think I would want to, yeah, jump out of a plane. Yeah. Or, and experience it for the confidence. Or I'd rather, like, you know, sit at the children's hospital with all these sick kids and read them a book or mm -hmm. play Legos with them. Yeah. Like, that would make me happier. Yeah, you have a different view of the world. Like you you really do. So and I like I think well, it's you. yeah, you're well yeah, I like it. It's 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 really it's wonderful actually. Um what was I you just made me think of something. Where'd it go in my head? Oh, uh did you lose your vision before you could learn to drive? Yes. 
Yes, I did. Aww. Yeah, and honestly, I am thankful that <laughs> I didn't learn how to drive because it seems terrifying and dangerous. I mean, and super expensive. So it, it, it's a like, number you know, of those I'm things. Good with my like forty dollar cane that gets me around, <laughs> and I just need like a new one. Like it lasts me about a year, maybe two years. Yeah, you don't have yeah, to replace the tires that. or the brakes or anything like that. But uh, but that I just well, I, I do have to replace the cane tip. It's like a two dollar <laughs> tip. But yeah, yeah, listen, tires are pretty expensive. Let's not try to compare <laughs> those things. But that's um, what about <laughs> so yeah. I was just thinking about. Like, I wonder if that happened. Did you, did you have, like, were you old enough to, to have those thoughts as your vision was waning? Like, oh, I want to try this. Like, were there things you did before it went away? I mean, I did not for the purpose, like, not because I knew my vision was going to be going away, but I did like, you know, would sit on my mom's lap and like kind of drive the car. And stuff like that around just like the neighborhood or something. Yeah. Just, you know, for fun being like a 13 year old wanting to be big. I definitely would allow um, you to do that. But I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. But it's like, I guess I did have that time once when I was at the eye doctor when I was 15. And I remember the eye doctor, you know, giving me my results. And that's when I was like past legally blind. And that's when it very first hit me that, like, I wouldn't be able to drive. Mm -hmm. And I do remember, you know, tearing up a bit and, like, you know, going to my mom and being like, Mom, I'm not going to be able to drive. I'm not going to be able to do that. But honestly, that blew over pretty quickly because I didn't exactly mind it that much. And then especially when I, you know, got training how to use a cane and how to use public transportation and everything i'm realizing like i don't need to drive and it seems really scary yeah well i i don't know again do you have any idea like why is your brother this nice or is this like something specific to your experience like you're very you're like a very kind person so i'm trying to figure out if you're (laughs) Like, like, I've tried really hard to find out if you're, like, hiding something from me or if, uh, you know what I mean, you're out there, like, you know, setting fires in the woods. Like, is this Canadian fire? You Did you do this? Was this not you? No? No, it wasn't you? Okay. Right. No, nor was the Lahaina one. No, okay. You're not, like, doing heroin on the weekends or something or nothing, right? Just. No, I mean, I did come from a very kind family. You know, we've had our family you know mm-hmm. shenanigans as all families do but i feel through my dance experience that has raised me to be a very like self-discipline like aim person if you will mm-hmm. and then through my experience with wolfram syndrome that has really brought my attention to appreciating who I am and living life to the fullest and realizing what is important in life. And again, it's that I would rather bring a smile to other people's faces, not go do something just for the fun of it. Yeah. 
All right. Well, Ellie, if you ever break bad, let me know. Okay. Is that a reference you would know? Probably not. <laughs> but, um, uh, pr- probably not. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> definitely. But, yeah. If it ever goes the wrong way, like, like, throw me an email. Be like, Scott, you'll never believe what I'm doing. I'm smuggling illegal animals over ah. the border into Canada. And I just, it's exhilarating. And I had to tell you about it. Like anything. Just please. I want to know. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> things get upside down. <laughs> I start seeing you on the news. They're like, oh, she, like, she ripped off another convenience store. That's really impressive. Like, you know, because you can't see well already. Like, you know what I mean? Like, your blood sugar get low while you're doing it. It would be a, it would be a big undertaking uh, to give it a shot. Uh, anyway. So, um, I don't I don't have any other questions for you. I'm sorry. I'm just, like, you're really just a very nice person who got a, got a really deal. So, I don't, I, I'm always... Um, Honestly, I'm always very interested in people who have, you know, more than tough circumstances and somehow tell stories like this, like, you know, when, again, you're not out there like setting forest fires in Canada, which by the way, I heard the, the they're back, the Canadian fires. And let me just say to people in Canada, again, please don't let that smoke come down here. It was very upsetting and I don't want it. I mean, I know, I know you guys are on fire, but I'm also being bothered by the smoke so i would like something to <laughs> your sarcasm is not yeah. bad you know that you're pretty good with my sarcasm so, so then, you're pretty good with my sarcasm oh oh yeah so, well, so that's one of the things i would have to say being in like the blind community that's one of the big things that i picked up on is that that's how we make each other like feel good is we there's a lot of sarcasm with like in between us blind people. Okay. We'll, we're seriously walking down the street, like on the sidewalk next to a you know fairly busy road. Me and a group of like you know two or three, maybe five other blind people, and we'd bump into each other and we'd like yell back behind us, "Hey, watch where you're going!" And then the back person would be like, "Sorry, I'll walk with my eyes open next time." <laughs> Stuff like that. I, I've been wanting to make a joke about you robbing the bank holding a banana uh, for a while, but like I wasn't sure. But now I realize you would have found that funny. You would have been like, yeah, that's hilarious. Totally. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I just, I don't know. I mean, well, even that is another thing. It's like, I don't, I don't let silly things like that. Like, I'm not a very sensitive person. Yeah. Like, if someone's like, because I've heard of people being like, you know, well, I'll see you later. And then they're like, well, I won't see you later, but I'll uh, hear you later. I'm like, just say I'll see you later. Like, I get what you mean. You know, just things like that. It's like, yes, we throw throw punches at each other. And it's awesome. That's amazing. I have a really dumb question I'm going to end with, okay? Yeah. How do you know when to stop wiping? Oh, that's really interesting. Right? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) I haven't necessarily thought of that before. Obviously, Um, you're doing a good job. I mean, I assume. But, like, but how do you, like, I mean, you don't sneak a peek, so how do you know? All right, get back to me. I see you don't have a pro. You, do you have a process? Think really sit here and think about wiping your butt for a second. Do you have a process? Are you like three wipes? Do you go back in? Like I don't know. Do you have a bidet? 
Do you ever think about getting a bidet? I mean, I have my mom has a bidet in Does her she? Like, master bathroom. Ooh. So like I've op- I have right, I've access to one place if I so desire. <laughs> I don't know. That was the silliest question I could think to ask you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway. Sorry. Uh, Ellie, no, I'll just send you a random text one day and be like, hey, so that question you asked me, I got, got an answer. It's four wives. That's how I know. <laughs> Apparently, I've got a number. Um, how did you end up on yeah. here? Somebody reached out to me and told me to reach out to you, but I don't remember how it happened. Do you? Yes. So it's a friend friend of mine, um, Jennifer, and she's in Arizona. Okay. Her son actually also has Wolfram syndrome. I see. And she's saw when my so it was I had the amazing opportunity this the beginning of this year I um the Colorado channel of PBS heard my story and actually did a short documentary segment about me and my story and my life Hmm. and she saw that and yeah I think reached out to you and that got me connected to you i appreciate when people do stuff like that uh okay ellie uh elliewhitefoundation.org and i think i have enough time to get this up before it happens but you have your next things on october 1st right your um your third annual wolfram syndrome global awareness day is sunday october 1st yeah, yes. So that's actually something I helped start um, three, I guess now almost three years ago. Mm-hmm. Worked with foundations like in the UK, in Estonia, in Germany. We all worked together and created October 1st is the International Global Wolfram Syndrome Awareness Day. Okay. And, and I am so fortunate to be able, I'm having my that birthday fundraiser walk that I was telling you about, mm-hmm. I'm going to be having it on October 1st, oh, that wow. the Wolfram Syndrome Day. I'm also seeing on your website that Just, last year for your 21st birthday, you raised twenty five over $25,000 for the research. That's really great. That's a, yeah. yeah, I have the amazing opportunity to say through the like 10 years that my foundation has been a thing, I can say that I have donated very, I think, just under half a million dollars to this research. Oh, good for you. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's really wonderful. I tell people, like, every bit helps. Yeah, no, I mean, a a little bit, and you get it over to uh, Dr. It's Urano, right? Yeah, Dr. Urano. Yeah, and then he makes the magic. That's really, uh, uh, all right. Ellie, I'm glad we did this. I appreciate it very much. Uh, I, I hope you have a good weekend. Um, I will uh, get off in a second and let you know when this will come out and everything. But thank you very much for doing this. Yes, please. Thank you so much for, for your support and your interest. I really love doing this. And yeah, I've been super, super excited about yeah getting to talk to you. And did it yeah, go- I can't wait to get the word out about everything. Did it go okay for you? Were you having a good time? Absolutely. Oh, you can yeah. lie. Yeah, if you're going to lie, you should definitely lie in that big voice where you're like, yeah, 100%. I love this whole thing. So, <laughs> no, but, 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 uh, but no, really, I, I, I made you laugh a couple of times and it made me happy. So, uh, I, 
pretty pretty good. Uh, hold on one second for me. Well, I just can't thank Ellie enough for coming on the show and sharing this story with us. Really is a courageous thing for her to do. Please do check out her foundation and her upcoming event. I want to also thank Cozy Earth and remind you that you'll get 40% off of your entire order if you use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout at CozyEarth.com. And of course, five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D is what you'll get with your first order of AG1 at my link, drinkag1.com forward slash juice box. If you're living with diabetes or are the caregiver of someone who is, and you're looking for an online community of supportive people who understand, check out the Juice Box Podcast private Facebook group Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. There are over 41,000 active members, and we add 300 new members every week. There is a conversation happening right now that would interest you, inform you, or give you the opportunity to share something that you've learned. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook, and it's not just for type 1s. Any kind of diabetes, any way you're connected to it, you are invited to join this absolutely free and welcoming community. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast.